Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, everybody. We're ready to record this episode. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, hey, Angel. Uh, Nash, why the fuck is there a crowd of people in pinstripe suits with flapper clothes in the recording studio? Are we doing a live episode? What is this? Wait, is that a bar? Well, after being inspired by part one, Jake rented out the studio to be a part-time jazz club, you know. He said to make the big buckaroonies before leaving to go to the liquor store for the third time. God damn it. I know. I was annoyed too. But even if I have to wear all these dumbass feathers and pearls, the fact that we have a full service bar in here is actually kind of rad if I say so myself. Oh, hey, Dom. Hi. Jake turned the studio into a 20s themed jazz club, didn't he? Yep. Big buckaroonies? Big buckaroonies. Hey guys, just came back from the liquor store. Dom, you ready to play? Jake, I haven't practiced my instrument in literal years. You could just make it up, right? Improvise. That's jazz. I just realized this is a drastic miscommunication that has gotten our ensemble into an embarrassing and expensive situation. I know I'd get some karma for opening that speakeasy that only sells milk back in season three, but at least that made money. All right, everyone out. This is too much jazz cringe, even for me. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Seriously? Guys, we were so close to making big buckaroonies. I'm gonna break him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Jake, part one of this episode was about culture and history and the arts. And Kentucky heroin dealers arguing in the state's medical journal. Oh, Nash, you're drunk. Yeah. Dom, that's what I'm doing. This is a tribute to Chicago jazz. This is a tribute to Portillo's. Look, I'm all for 20s themed parties. I love them. I went to one for New Year's 2020 like everyone else. Had a lot of fun. We found out Auld Lang Syne has the same chords as Country Roads. Wait, what the fuck? But this just feels like you're monetizing the nostalgia of black music. It's like selling Titanic Funko Pops and not the movie Titanic. I guess you're right. Although we still only have a Filipino, Mexican, and an Irish block of ice talking about a music created by black people. Hey! Wait, who's the Filipino? It's okay. As long as we remember the lineage and stay true to the real spirit of the music. That's jazz. Now, let's play the theme song. Yeah, I may have commissioned a new song for the grand opening of the club. Oh God. Oh God. Death comes for us all. You might as well make it your friend. Here with all of us on death and all his friends. In other words, Hold my pigeonbus. In other words, Carnarvon, kiss me. Fill my ass. Okay, enough of that. Welcome back, Skeleton Army. I'm Angel, and this gay ice cream cone is Nash. Really? I had lipid icy polar bear in the script, but we're back talking about more jazz, and I am at my limit. Also, I'm Dom. And I'm here. Well, that's too bad. Where were we in part one? Well, we last left off on some big pharma. Actual big pharma, not the dumb COVID conspiracies. But now we're going to get some good old American injustice through our old pal. Yay, racism. No, wait, wait, wait. Racism. Yay. And also its older brother, systemic racism. Racism. Uh, hey, Janet, can you use red markers for this map? There's a lot of systemic racism that affected black people during the 40s and 50s. Many of it still oppressing people of color today. But we're going to hone in on one system that uniquely oppressed many influential artists. The New York City cabaret card system. Cabaret? What, like, come to the cabaret cabaret? 
Technically, yes. The New York Cabaret card was a critical license that allowed all New Yorkers, including performers, to work in bars and clubs. So if you didn't have your cabaret card while working... You were subject to arrests and fines. If you're black and you didn't have your cabaret card while working... The punishments were worse. Yeah, that checks out. But here's the kicker. The card was issued by a specialized, highly trained, elite section of the bureaucracy. The NYPD. NYPD? What? Wait, what the fuck? Wait, 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 wait. So the NYPD, the New York Police Department, was directly involved with who did and didn't perform at shows in New York? How did this even work? You had to physically go to a police station, get fingerprinted, have your photograph taken, and be interviewed by police personnel. Oh, so basically, like, get fucked if Officer Fuckface is having a bad day and you say something wrong. Wow, black. Needless to say, this was clear and blatant systemic censorship by the NYPD against a multitude of artists, including black artists, artists who were more risque or outspoken, basically anyone the cops really had a hard-on for that day. Tress oof. And you could have your card revoked on any grounds, from drug charges, whose victims included Billie Holiday and Thelonious Monk, to obscenity, which tended to include comedians such as Lord Buckley and Lenny Bruce. I'm sure Lenny Bruce being Jewish didn't help his case either. In one infamous non-drug instance, trumpeter Miles Davis was beaten bloody by a cop outside the Birdland Jazz Club, hot off the heels of his iconic Kind of Blue album. Pictures exist of him in the paddy wagon, handcuffed, head wrapped and bandaged, and dress shirts splattered with bloodstains. All for just standing his ground while talking to a white woman. His card was revoked. Fucking cops, man. ASAB. Stop. No, it's not how you say it. Asabe? Okay. For the victims of card loss who were drug addicts, they suddenly found themselves deprived of their primary income, emotionally wrecked, and had a lot more time on their hands. This often resulted in them turning to... More drugs. Bingo. Card loss was akin to a professional entertainer's death sentence, since New York is not only the jazz mecca of the world, but the entertainment capital as well, especially in the mid-20th century. Jazz, orchestra, stand-up comedy, dance. And uh, let me guess, this being America, losing your cabaret card as a black person double-fucked you because there was... And still is. ...a lot of racism in entertainment. If you were barred from the lower arts by the NYPD through a card loss and turned away from higher arts by the old money, you were just fucked. Just airtight. Mm, sounds like a template for the tough-on-crime approach, or just the general ostracization of drug abuse victims. We're on drugs, baby! <laughs> CVS beggars. <laughs> and some of the opening shots of the drug war were fired at many of jazz music's Greatest icons. Bird? Getting back to the bird himself, Charlie Parker's cabaret card was revoked in 1951 due to heroin, and it wasn't reinstated until 1953. During those two years of being barred from performing at jazz clubs, including Birdland, a club named after him, Parker hit the road. Ah, a musician on the road. There's no better place for one to recollect themselves and find peace than a full night's sleep in the passenger seat of your drummer's car. Better than the passenger seat of your best friend's ride. Am I right? Needless to say, the heroin consumption continued. After years of drug abuse, failed marriages, inconsistent living conditions, and the death of his two-year-old daughter in 1954, Charlie Parker died in 1955, New York City, in the home of a wealthy patron after days of experiencing excruciating stomach pain. 
Of course, stomach pain is an understatement, as any fake doctor will tell you. Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host, not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. A. The coroner officially labeled three ailments that killed Charlie Parker. Lobar pneumonia, a perforated ulcer, and cirrhosis. I'm not even a pretend doctor, and I know that's not good. <laughs> You'd be right, Dom. Lobar pneumonia is essentially pneumonia, but all the lobes are inflamed. So, it's all fucked up. <laughs> it sure is, Nash. A perforated ulcer is when an ulcer in your digestive system burns through the lining of, well, wherever the ulcer is, and effectively leaks acidic fluid into the bloodstream and all over the internal organs. Splish fucking splash. Cirrhosis is a little bit more interesting, but equally as horrific. So I'm just going to let the National Institute of Health take care of this one. <clears throat> Cirrhosis is a condition in which your liver is scarred and permanently damaged. Scar tissue replaces healthy liver tissue and prevents your liver from working normally. Scar tissue also partially blocks the flow of blood through your liver. As cirrhosis gets worse, the liver begins to fail. End quote. Damn, so your liver becomes emo and can't handle these scars. More like it's getting rock hard from way too much alcohol. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Uh, no, but yeah, your liver is essentially crawling in your skin. Because mm. these wounds, they will not heal. Jesus Christ, guys. Oh, fuck off. You wrote the script. When examining his body, the coroner believed Parker was in his 50s or 60s. But in reality, he was 34 years old. Live jazz, die strong. Bad birds do it well. According to an article published by the United States National Library of Medicine titled, quote, The Lost Years, The Impact of Cirrhosis and the History of Jazz, which is, why didn't we call that the episode? Dr. Paul Adams analyzes the death of many great jazz musicians. He concludes in writing, quote, It is interesting to speculate where jazz may have gone if John Coltrane and Charlie Parker lived into their 80s rather than succumb to the ravages of liver disease in their 30s. If we assume an average lifespan of 75 years for an adult man, the 23 musicians mentioned have lost a combined 461 years of jazz productivity as a consequence of cirrhosis. End quote. Bird noise. Bird wasn't the only one. Iconic singer Billie Holiday, whose cabaret card was revoked in 1947, also died of cirrhosis in 1959 at the age of 44. Her final album, Lady in Satin, is a time capsule of what the decades of abuse, heartbreak, physical degradation, and heroin had done to her. Just four months earlier, Holiday's musical soulmate, saxophonist Lester Young, died from internal bleeding brought on by years of heroin and alcohol abuse. He was 49. This sounds like the part where it's getting all death, no more friends. Sadly, yes. Dozens of other musicians with massive impacts on the jazz world either died from heroin abuse, had years cut out of them because of heroin, or whose personal lives were destroyed by it all spurred on by a world that buys their music and still oppresses them. <sighs> Oof times four. Trumpeter Fats Navarro died from tuberculosis brought on by heroin addiction in 1950. He was 26. Pianist Bud Powell is one of the cases where alcohol was more his vice, but he definitely was doing heroin. He was 41. Pianist Bill Evans died at the age of 51, kicking his heroin habit only a decade before his death in the year 1980 after picking up a cocaine habit. Saxophone legend and literal saint of the African Orthodox Church, 
John Coltrane, died from liver cancer, either brought on by heroin and alcohol abuse or hepatitis from needle sharing. Potentially both. He was 40. No, no, no. He's saying pianist. Uh, hold on, hold on. Dom, he's like a canonized saint of that church? Yes. He's specifically the patron saint of San Francisco's St. John Will I Am Coltrane African Orthodox Church. Wait. The what? Then there's trumpeter Chet Baker, who lost his New York cabaret card in 1959. He may have died at the relatively older age of 58 in the late 1980s, but his life was totally wrecked by it. His sculpted, movie star looks all shriveled up, and his front teeth knocked out during an altercation that he probably brought upon himself. Don't you need teeth to play the trumpet? I'm not sure, but losing your teeth after playing with them for decades will take you out of commission for a while. Also, Baker died after accidentally falling out a window in Amsterdam. Heroin and cocaine were found in his hotel room. Jesus. No, that was Coltrane. I could go on, but we need to wrap up the arc for the New York Cabaret Law. Oh, I'm assuming that ended in, like, the 60s. Kinda. More like 2017. What? Slay. The Cabaret Card System was ended in a 35-to-1 New York City Council vote in 1967. By then, there was much protest, including from Frank Sinatra, who sent a letter to the council stating his refusal to even bother applying for one a decade prior. So if the card system ended in 1967, what's, what's the big deal? What ended in 2017? The cabaret card licensing was actually tacked on as part of a wider law passed in 1926 that affected the clubs and venues themselves. It was nicknamed the Cabaret Law, since that's what clubs were called at the time. The introduction reads like Karen. When strangers come to New York City, they wanted to run wild. Well, there has been altogether too much running wild in some of these nightclubs, and in the judgment of your committee, the wild stranger and foolish native should have checked reined applied a little bit. Okay, you're done. You're done. This is some grade A Wayne Wheeler shit. In section 9, it outlines a new license for a public dance which means people literally aren't allowed to dance in your club unless you have this license. And it has nothing to do with fire codes or safety. In section six, it details the revocation of that license if, quote, disorderly, obscene, or immoral conduct is permitted on the license premises, unquote. So it's an obscenity law for your feet. It's literally a no dancing law. I'm sure its application was applied fairly and without malice. Been working so hard. It's no. <laughs> right with the hose. Footloose. <laughs> Footloose. Just crying through Footloose. <laughs> if there hadn't already been parallel laws explicitly banning homosexuality, this cabaret law would have been next in line to allow the raid on the Stonewall Inn. In the 1990s, the cabaret law was leveraged to further the broken windows theory of criminology, first by Mayor Rudy Giuliani as part of his efforts to sanitize the city, boo. then by Mayor Bloomberg in the typical neolib status quo fashion also boo broken windows sound like a jazz tune yeah it's just chick korea's windows but the key signatures flipped on the sections make them major or minor <laughs> i understood absolutely none of that anyway yeah the law wasn't officially repealed until 2017 after concerted campaigns by various communities and multiple lawsuits and the whole jazz musician heroin thing oh yeah the damage was done like bill evans if they hadn't died from heroin they moved on to coke which finished off the last of that generation. Nowadays, most jazz musicians smoke weed, take edibles, or drink. Maybe some psychedelics. 
that's obviously an oversimplification, but if you took a random sample of New York players in 1945 and then a sample of musicians now, it's night and day. Yeah, and now they all have Instagrams. Didn't you call out the Ken Burns jazz documentary for blowing through the latter half of the 20th century jazz? Like, yeah, I could have sworn you made a yeah, whole big deal about it in the last episode. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. fit about it. You actually burned a picture of Ken Burns yeah. in front of us when you <laughs> said that. It was pretty offensive, actually. Sure did. But at least we can say we're as good as Ken Burns. Yeah. yeah. Suck it, Ken, you emaciated Andy Circus. Also, we'd love your documentaries. Big fans. Pan up from my torso to my face slower, daddy. From turn of the century Big Pharma to systemic censorship from the cops, Rich and powerful bastards are gonna bastard. And as always, minorities and the poor, especially black people in the U.S., get the worst of it. Salud. Jazz is considered the first true American genre of music. Not just because it fused the harmonic canon of Western Europe with the rhythmic traditions of West Africa and the New World, but because that fusion happened at all, because of one of America's original sins. Chattel slavery. Fucking slavery, man. As such, jazz is not only American music, it is black music. It is struggle music and always will be. But it is also from that massive struggle, this sound has woven itself into the fabric of human history, allowing the music to be the soundtrack of the world's celebration. A saxophonist Ahmad Aladdin once said, jazz does not belong to any one race or culture, but is a gift America gave the world. See guys, this wound up being a pretty dope episode. From the random jazz guy. First off, poor choice of words. Second, I better, I'm a jazz studies major. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you did audio stuff. Yeah, I picked up radio as a minor in case the musician stuff didn't pan out. You chose radio as your fallback? Never said I was smart. I'm working for you two after all. We pay you a wage beyond the medical bills? We talked about this on the season four finale. All right, all right. On the blue note, that's the episode. A special thanks the blue Blue righty on that blue note. It's time for this old Irish podcast to end for the day. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review is required, but the NYPD will revoke your podcast listening card. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Gorilla Jokes, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A Jokes. And I'm at It's Nashlin. And I'm Dom Guan on Instagram and threads. That's D-O-M-G-U-A-N. Also BCJ Chicago on Instagram for some Chicago jazz exploration. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast on Insta and Death a Pod everywhere else. Would you like to live deliciously? Become a member of the Skeleton Army and join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. And we still didn't do anything to you this week because you're still hosting. Although I am quickly regretting that decision. Honestly, I just want to do less drinking and more weed. More weed. Speaking of Patreon, it is time to honor a member at the Brendan Fraser level. Praise be Eden the Lovin. And praise be Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Oh, okay, okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. So check it out at patreon.com slash deathandfronts. For more information, visit deathandfronts.org and join us as we make the entire internet worse. Hey, Dom here in editing. I just wanted to give a big thank you to these two for allowing me to write and co-host this two-party with them. Listening to them every week always makes me laugh in the editing bay, and I could not, could not be luckier than to be working with them every single episode so to do an episode with these two incredibly funny people it's honestly been a dream come true 
And yeah, thanks to Nash, Angel, and Jake, Amy, Jen, and to you for listening to all my editing work and for picking up on all the tiny little details and appreciating them. It means a lot to me. Happy new season, everyone. Hey, everybody. Well, death is tricky to talk about. So please remember, you are loved, you matter, and if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. Until next time, Skeletor Army. Stay spooky. Love you. Love you. I promise to never let this happen again. I'm really sorry. Yeah, so we're so we sorry. Tell Jay. And uh, notice how Dom didn't say love you. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, you know why? Because okay. only me and Nash love you. Yes, okay? that's true. We just need you to know that. Yeah. I mean, I love you more than Nash no, does. No, you do not. Yes, I do. No, I think about them. No, I love way them more. more than you do. No, that's a lie. <laughs> love you. Bye. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Welcome back, Skeleton Army. I'm Angel, and this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this Sorry, is the worst one yet. <laughs> this, is the, this is really mean. Uh, I thought the one about the umbrella was mean. Yeah, me too. Uh, welcome back, Skeleton <laughs> Oh, I feel actually mean for this one. Okay. And this gay ice cream cone is Nash. Really? Death? So here's what's crazy. So his wife, the blowjob queen of Halloween, oh, yeah. sure. of Halloween, of Hollywood. Throat goat. Throat, throat goat. goat. The glizzy gladiator of, of, of Hollywood, Nancy Reagan, yeah. was also like a shitty conservative. Gasp. Yeah. So like it is very, it's widely believed that like not only was she blowing everybody, but she's the one who like essentially cucked them into being a conservative asshole. Imagine being... White women. (laughs) Oh my God. Imagine being so good at like blowjobs. Like imagine receiving a blowjob so good you like ruin the country. You ruin the country. (laughs) Melania ain't got shit on on fucking. No. God damn it, Nancy. You're right. We should kill the black people. (laughs) Berlin Wall didn't bust as hard as fucking. (laughs) Death? A perforated ulcer is when an ulcer in your digestive system burns through the lining of wherever the ulcer is and effectively licks acidic fluids into the bloodstream and all over did the internal licks? organs. You said licks. <laughs> did I said licks? Yeah, you did. And just... He, like, licks the fluids. That's so how I'm going to make that amaranth money. Just... Death? Cirrhosis is a little more interesting, but equally... Equally? But it's equally as horrific. Okay. Mexican accents coming out. Hang on. Cirrhosis is a little more interesting. Okay. Death? He was 34 years old. <laughs> do you want to so la- do we want to laugh through that one? <laughs> he was 34 years old. <laughs> he was th- he was 34 when examining his body. The court believed that Paco was in his late 50s or 60s, but in reality, he was 34. The next time years you get like papers back from a doctor for yourself, you're just going to hear you're going to hear it in fucking Fago and yeah. voice. It's like, <laughs> "Well, sir, I do believe you have <laughs> severe like- diabetes." <laughs> what? You're very sick. You're dying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? Death? As a quant as a consequence? Consequence. Consequence. <laughs> Death? So it's an obscenity law for your feet. It's literally a no dancing law. Do not tell Patrick Swayze that this law exists. Anyway, I'm sure it's application. That's the wrong person. Is it? You're thinking Kevin Bacon. Well, actually, both because of the. They're the yeah, both no, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah but in... only one of them was like outlawed. Oh, okay. To okay. Dance. So the other one was like, Daddy, I need a dance. So we don't have to play the six degrees of Kevin Bacon because we're already there. The other one was abortion. This one yeah. is, is dancing. Okay.
Gotcha. Yeah, that's correct. Death? Listening to them every week always makes me laugh in the editing bay, and I couldn't be luckier than to be working with them every episode. I'm Why so are you glad. reading that like we're holding <laughs> a gun to you? Because I completely forgot you... it. I completely <laughs> forgot I wrote that. <laughs> we're holding you hostage. <laughs> now say it. Say the words. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> add that bit in. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, you can put the gun down now. <laughs> Death? What we're saying is that Angel and Nash love you. But no one else. No, wait, no, no, no. That's so culty. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no hang on. Cut that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> if you want to join the cult, sign up at... <laughs> want, yes, if you join, us join us the cult, Patreon. <laughs> sign up at OnlyFans. No, yeah. OnlyFans. <laughs> Feetpicks.com. No, uh, feet Feetfind. Deathandfriends.scientology. Deathandfriends.com slash deathandfriends.com one Creedthoughts.com slash forward creedthoughts. Yeah, fansly.com slash. I like how at no point Dom was like, I love them. He was just dead quiet. He's he like, just no, he's right. absolutely accepted that that was true. He's like, I have never met these people before. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This was my chance to start them, baby. No, fuck off. No.